Welcome to the Transformational Travel Podcast, bringing you inspiring stories of life-changing travel experiences from around the world. Now, here's your host, Transformational Retreat Leader, Ann Gordon. Welcome, everyone, to our Transformational Travel Podcast where we share adventures and journeys around the world or nearby our homes that have helped us to have one of those aha moments, those powerful life breakthroughs and learning things about ourselves that are really transformational. So we have with us today, my guest is Carrie Wishingrad. And she has over 25 years assisting people with downsizing, clearing clutter, and transforming their personal spaces. And because Carrie supports clients in person and virtually. And I got to tell you, Carrie, it's really funny because this morning before our interview, I had this overwhelming urge to clear my desk, to clean my desk. <laughs> I have that effect on people. Well, um, thanks for having me, and I appreciate it. Yeah, welcome. So Thank it's really fun to have you. And I know that her her bio and what she does, and she's also a she's been trained as a business and well being coach. And I know that doesn't necessarily relate, but she has some amazing stories and experiences <laughs> that she's going to share with us. We're going to relate it back to her business on a little bit later. So Carrie, tell us about your transformational travels that you'd like to share with us today. <laughs> well, I have a lot of travels under my belt by this age, but my first major trip was when I was freshly 19 and I traveled abroad to France to study my sophomore year of college. And it was my mom's idea. She, my university had these travel abroad programs and she pulled it out and she said, you know, you could do this. You could go to France or Italy or Spain. And I had a thing for France already by age 19. I just connected with the French culture and found it very romantic. And so I chose France. So at age 19, I got on a plane with maybe 25 other students from SUNY New Paltz, that's State University of New York. And we flew to uh, Besançon, France where we were put up in dormitories and attended classes in the town. We were bused into town for our classes. And I remember uh, we landed actually in Luxembourg and I remember right away the excitement of being in another country. Cause I, at that age, I, I don't think I had even been to Canada. I don't think I had ever been out of the country. Wow. So it's that started my whole passion and love just seeing how different the world was and how vast and how how expansive and so that year abroad really defined my life in a lot of ways and uh, it's it's kind of funny because I, I go to classes and I was bored out of my mind and at some point I thought this is crazy I'm in Europe I'm gonna travel so I got those Euro passes remember Euro passes I think I they do. still have them I probably went through about three or four in the year that I wound up living in Europe but I would go away for a weekend and I'd come back 
back and take a class or an exam and then I'd go away for a week and take another exam and I, and I was learning my language skills outside of the classroom faster and right. easier than sitting in class doing the repetition. So um, eventually I, I landed, a, one of my journeys took me to Basel, Switzerland, where I became friends with the man who ran the youth hostel there. And I would go back so many times and we would hang out that he offered me work. Nice. And back in uh, 1979, I was earning $10 an hour under the table. So that was a lot of money. Right. So I, in a week, I would have enough money to then go and travel some more for another two months. And so this just kept going on. So uh, and I did a lot of travel alone, which was pretty, uh, pretty bold for me. At Absolutely. That age. For being a 19 year old traveling alone in Europe. That's huge. It's huge, but it, what it did, it introduced me to meeting people. I was very shy as a young woman and it helped me come out of myself. And then I would meet somebody in a youth hostel and we would say travel to Vienna and then she wanted to go somewhere else and I wanted to go somewhere else and we would say our goodbyes. And then I would meet somebody else and we'd hang out in that city together. And so I was, I my eyes were just opened in ways that I could not have experienced. And also at the university, it was also the 1979 was the year that the, the hostages were taken um, by um, uh, Iran. Do you remember that whole episode? Yeah, so I do. We, and a lot of my co-students co were Iranian and mm. African, and we would get into these wonderful discussions. I remember feeling like how, what a maturity a lot of the students had. They would say, we don't hate you Americans. We just don't like your government. <laughs> and wow. we could discuss things on a, yes. on a intellectual and uh, emotional level without it I don't recall it ever being heated or us against them. Mm -hmm. And and that impressed me because I, I already knew at that age that Americans would have been screaming and <laughs> the kids right. at, my, at my college. And that again, opened up my eyes. I began to feel like I was a, a an international being. That's, that's, I thought, yes, I'm from, I'm American. I'm from America, but I felt very connected to the world. And it cut as big as it is, it kind of made me, it felt smaller because I was right. meeting people from different countries. That is so beautiful. And, and I have a confession to make. I'll be totally transparent with, with everyone here is that there's been times, cause I've lived abroad. I've, I lived outside the US for 15 years. I've traveled, I traveled to Europe when I was 17 on one of those whirlwind student trips. So I know what you're talking about, but I didn't travel on my own, but there have been times I've been embarrassed to be American. And yeah. that, that phrase, ugly American, I've seen it because I've been a tour guide in Panama with Americans and Europeans on the same tour. And sometimes the way the Americans act, it's just like, oh my God, no, right? right? right. And that's where my French skills really came in handy. Cause when I was in Switzerland, they thought I was French. When I was in Germany, they thought I was Swiss. Nice. When I was, <laughs> I had blonde hair and I spoke French pretty well. So nobody pegged me as an American right. unless they saw my passport. <laughs> that's great. So I want to go back to a comment you made about coming out of your shell as, cause I also was very, very shy. I used to be terrified of people and as, as you know, in high school and early college. So what is it, was it necessity that brought you out of your shell or what was it exactly that started getting you feeling more comfortable in your own skin? 
Oh, that's such a good question. Now I have to like remember who I was back right. then. Um, I think uh, necessity is part of it because you know, especially when you're traveling alone, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta put something out there. And in right. fact, I would buy cigarettes. Um, you know, in those days, we like to roll cigarettes. I wasn't a smoker, but I bought papers and tobacco because it was a way to break the ice with people. Mm. But with kids with other kids would you know bum cigarettes off of me, or I would right. offer it. So. Uh-huh. It, I think it was necessity, but also I think once I started doing it, it wasn't as scary as I had imagined. And I, I was well received. So <laughs> that That's gave me great. confidence. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. You found a way through the cigarettes, which for me, I don't smoke either. And I, I would have never thought of that, but it's yeah. a, it's a door opener, right? It's it was, well, the reason why I did it was that I was like, often asked, people would say, you know, and I'd be like, no, no, I don't smoke, you know? <laughs> right, and, and then end of well, conversation, right? End of conversation. But then if you go, sure, here, roll yourself one, then all of a sudden you're, you're friends sitting in a cafe. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And I love that. That's, that's really thinking outside of the box and out of your comfort zone, right? Right. And and finding that way to have a conversation. And I, I know that, you know, from being the shy person I was way back when, that again, like you, it's hard to remember who that person was now looking back. But when you do, when you are that shy, there's a tendency to just stay in your little hotel room or hostel room. And, you know, it's much more comfortable. I'll just stay and read a book. In those days, we didn't have the internet or phones to play on. It right. Was, it was like, I'll just stay here, read a book. I'm afraid. To walk, <laughs> right. But I think that sense of adventure and just like, you're going to, you're in this amazing location. You may never be again. So how, what's the best way to do it? Right. 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 And that's why the youth hostels are so great. And there's, there's senior uh, or elder hostel hostels now that they have, uh, which I haven't stayed in, in the years that I've been traveling as an uh, an older person. But uh, at the time, the hostels were ideal because right away you just met people your age from all around the world, all around the world. And if you were had similar plans, oh, we're going hiking up this mountain, you would just all go together. It was pretty easy that way. Yeah, for sure. It's it's like this instant family because you're all in the same boat. You're all traveling exactly alone or with one friend, and it's it is easy to to meet people. Yeah. So it's it's amazing how one thing I've noticed in living abroad and my travels and, and you touched on it a little bit, and I want to expand this topic of opening up to other cultures, because wherever you live, we're very, very insulated. And so we see the world through this, this bubble of our little family, our little community, our, and even our country. But the minute you step out of that, it's like, oh, those, those lenses are taken off, right? Yes, absolutely. And that's what I love about travel. I mean, I, I love home and I love the United States and I mm-hmm. love California, which is where I live right now. But when I go somewhere else, even another state or, mm-hmm. or a different culture or a different country, I, it really, I feel more alive because it heightens my senses. I'm not used to certain things. 
in, in that particular place. And so, uh, you know, we, we got to go about our life here and, and there and we, we're familiar. And so when we're taken out of that comfort zone, at least for me, it just, it wakes me up and it, it helps me get out of my own head and, and what I think I know. And it's, it's really beautiful. And I, I really appreciate the uh, other cultures. I learn a lot from being in other places. Yeah, you do. And the other thing I notice is that, I mean, you went there to learn a language and then you just, you just spoke a little bit in German and you went there to learn French. So I, let's talk about that for just a second, because there's so many ways to travel. And obviously if you're on a whirlwind tour and you know, you're guided and everything's organized, it's hard to learn the language because you're surrounded by people who speak your own language and you're a little insulated from the need to speak the language. But when you travel on your own or even just as a couple and you have your own schedule and itinerary, it's, um, it's opened so many more doors if you speak the language or even try just a few basic phrases like, you know, how is your family or, you know, what kind of work yes. do you do or anything like that, right? I wholeheartedly agree. If I was in Portugal and Spain last year and I don't speak Spanish, I mean, I know I can probably understand it better than I can speak it. And I didn't know any Portuguese, but if you just go into a, into a store and you say, hola and gracias, you know, when you leave it, they like, they appreciate that rather they than do. just being speaking English, even though, especially in Portugal, I would say like 95% of the people speak English. Mm -hmm. um, not so much in Barcelona, where I was, but uh, in Spain, but I noticed that in Portugal. So uh, I make it a point to learn a few phrases, you know, where's the toilet? Donde esta la toilet? <laughs> you know, Hello, how are you? Uh, just to, so I can ease into it. And then I can say, you know, you know, habla anglais, you know, so that I, and, and sometimes yes, and sometimes no, but mm -hmm. even with them speaking Spanish or Portuguese, I could, I, we, between the, if they were willing, we could understand each other. We could eventually understand each other through some laughter and, and, exactly. <laughs> and trial becomes, and error. <laughs> right. It becomes very, very playful and, and yeah. they'll, they'll try out their broken English with you and you try out your, your broken Spanish or whatever language you're playing in. And, and they appreciate that you want to know about them, that you're not exactly. just like on that bus driving by and, you know, not even attempting to learn their language, if nothing else than just hello and goodbye and thank you. Well, and you bring up a really good point. See, I can't imagine going to a country and then not partaking in that country. Then yes. you're just a spectator. Yes. You're like, oh, look at this pretty building and look at this old church and mm -hmm. eat this food. But when you go to a country, if you're not interacting with the locals, if you're not walking the streets on a daily basis, then I think you're missing out on a big part of what a foreign country has to offer. Totally and you're just a, true. you're just a spectator. You might yeah, as well you stay home that. and watch Rick Steves. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I mean, I don't know how many times in Panama that I looked around and noticed that I was the only blonde, blue-eyed person in sight and right and right. i yeah. loved that i love not you know being the odd man out but yet laughing and playing and and getting to know these people 
Yes, yes. And then, you know, and then fast forward, you know, 40, almost 40 years later, and I go, and I've been going to Europe pretty regularly uh, for the past several years, obviously not this year. But uh, last year, I had, a, I went on a, a, a cruise, actually, it was, um, it was the Abraham Hicks Mediterranean cruise. Nice. And just, just because I wanted to do something like, you know, I wanted to do that even though cruising is really not my kind mm -hmm. of way to travel, it's sure. a way to travel. And I yep. knew some people on it and I became friends with the woman who was wound up being my roommate. And, and uh, it's a good way to see a lot of places, but it, I actually had connections in a lot of the ports. Like I have a friend who lives in Italy and a friend who was in Alicante. And so we, I was able to visit people when we got to ports and mm -hmm. I got taste of the, the local, the local flavor, but um after the cruise, I went to uh, Sitges, Spain for a week on my own and then to Lisbon. And that was huge for me because all of a sudden I was alone. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'd never gone to Spain. I had never gone to Portugal. So for me to do those two trips solo was kind of, um, you know, I mean, frightening is too strong a word, but it was very nerve wracking and I knew I had to do it. And it was a breakthrough for me in terms of trusting myself and stepping out of my comfort zone. I just found a good hotel to go into and in, in Lisbon and the concierge was very helpful. And then I did found these walking tours. Some are free and some you pay for. And I met another American that I wound up hanging out with and, and for the day. So it, it reminded me of those days in Europe kind of uh, when I was a young woman. Beautiful. Just trusting Beautiful. that process and, and allowing myself that freedom and getting out again. I think the big thing is getting out of the comfort zone because yeah, it's a different world now than it was when it I is. was there in 79 too. Absolutely. So. Yeah. What we could do as teenagers, as we were when, in those days, traveling around the world is not what we, we would want our teenagers, you know, children. Absolutely not. Do, right? I was hitchhiking. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, I was, yeah, no, I would not. I sleeping on roofs uh, in, of people's homes in Greece. Wow. Uh, yeah. These sort of things we don't do anymore. <laughs> right. Yes. The world has changed. Oh, sleeping on the beach. Yeah. Sleeping on the beach. is great. So we're going to take a brief break and hear from our sponsor, and we will be right back with more amazing stories from Carrie. This episode of Transformational Travel is brought to you by Whale and Dolphin Wisdom Retreats. Immerse yourself in the healing energies and connect eye-to-eye, heart-to-heart with wild dolphins and whales in Hawaii, Bimini, Mexico, Panama, French Polynesia, and more. Begin your journey at whalewisdomretreats.com. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to continue on. So let's put this all into perspective because I love your stories and this has been really a fun conversation. So how did your year abroad change you as a person? Um, I, I think, well, I'll, just, I'll go back to saying it, I began to feel like an international being rather than mm. just an American. It made me feel more connected to other cultures that I was unfamiliar with. And the, it also just, it was like a big, it was like a window being thrown open and there was a whole big wide world out there for me to explore. Even though I've 
um, putting my fingers together about an inch apart that I've really seen in my life in all these years. There's so much more that I would love to see. If I could just travel the rest of my life, I would love to do that. Uh, it, it really, it just, um, it defined me as um, being, it defined me as being uh, more accepting, more uh, spontaneous and uh, more open to other people's lifestyles and, and ways of life. Beautiful. Yeah. I think that there's a, there's a great term for that. And I've felt that as well, that you're not just, yes, we're still Americans or wherever we're from and we're still, you know, from our state, from our city, wherever, but we are become world citizens. World right? citizens. That, I like that term. I've been saying international being, but world citizen, it sums it up really nicely. Yes. It does. And, and when you were talking, it reminded me that you described it really well, but, and I also see that it not only opens up our minds and our perspectives and our awarenesses to how other people live and, and makes us more respectful or to take a second look if we're seeing something that somebody's doing that we immediately you know like hey I don't like that but it helps us to understand maybe where they're coming from right exactly yes so it yes. opens our heart in a way that can't be done any other way than to get out of your little world, your little, you know, your insulated box around where your life is and see the rest of the world. Right, and out of your judgments and your mm -hmm. expectations and my way is the only right way. Right. And all that. So, right, so it is, it is. I mean, I can't, when I meet people who don't travel, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I have because... a hard time understanding <laughs> that. Why wouldn't you wanna travel? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's so amazing. It's so amazing. So what was your last travel adventure and what has changed for you in travel since being a 19 year old and, and now? Uh, well, so my last travel adventure was the trip I mentioned, the, the, the cruise to, uh, the, through the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. and, and even before that, I was in Barcelona visiting some friends in Amsterdam, visiting some other friends before that. And then Sitges was alone and Portugal was alone. So what changed for me after that was, uh, I think um, that I felt, I felt more secure in myself because mm -hmm. number one, I had money. Whereas when I was a student, you know, <laughs> that's why we were sleeping on the beach because it was sure. free, you know, yep. and sleeping on a roof was it one euro, no, not a euro, one, one, uh, oh gosh, I'm forgetting. Was it a drachma? Drachma, one drachma. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say euro. Um, but uh, I just felt, I felt like I was back home, actually, even though I had never been to some of these countries before. Right. There's a sensibility and a, a, uh, a, a lifestyle that just resonates with me. So there was, so there was a familiarity for me in going back, but there was also, um, less sense of adventure in some ways that I wasn't at going to venture out and do certain things totally solo. I would join a, 
a group or a bus ride or something like that. So in that sense, a little less adventurous or more mm-hmm. safer kind of adventurous rather mm-hmm. than hitchhiking and going, you know, camping in, in Cassis, France, the south of France. Um, yeah, you know, what, what's changed is, is that uh, I just see the, uh, the world differently. And it's, it, it's, it still seems welcoming and kinder, but definitely more crowded. <laughs> it was more crowded over there. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And I think that, I mean, part of it is just as we get older, we become more aware of security and safety, right? Sure, and right, that, right. But you're also open and it's like, you don't have to do it alone. There are ways to meet people along the journey and, and invite them to join your adventure, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I found that way too, like signing up for a walking tour and then meeting mm-hmm. a woman who lived very close to me here in California and then spending the rest of the day with her, uh, going to uh, different parts of, of Lisbon together. So, right. So, you know, I have to like kind of think about that a little bit more. Um, what's changed? It's It doesn't feel as safe in some ways, and, mm-hmm. in, but then in other ways it's safer because I have more means. Right. If that makes sense. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, more, uh, more means and, and probably more life wisdom as well. And more life wisdom. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's not that I even felt unsafe. It's just that I wouldn't mm-hmm. go out to um, the city at night once night fell. I'd stay close to the hotel. I didn't venture off too far. Mm-hmm. Whereas, again, in my youth, I did that sort of stuff. Sure. It's like, yeah, whatever. Cause you're not even, you, you know, there's this invincibility of the youth, right. Or at least invincibility. (laughs) Yeah. And I was raised in New York, so I was street savvy, probably more than, than I am now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) So what would you tell anyone who has trepidation, who's nervous about traveling alone? Because there's many people's like, oh, I could never do that without my my partner, without a friend, or I need a group to travel with. But it's closing the doors. So what would you tell, what would be your advice? I would say pick a place that you absolutely have to see before you die. Pick a place. Let's, Let's just say hypothetically, let's just say it is Barcelona and you've always wanted to go and maybe your spouse doesn't want to go. And that was the case with me. When I was married, he didn't want to travel like I did. So that was another reason why I started traveling more and more alone. Mm -hmm. But pick a place that you really want to visit and do your research. You know, find out ahead of time the places that you want to visit, what the the sites you want to see, the Gaudi museums, the the areas of the city to explore, where you want to stay, and there's so much in, there's so much more information now than from us you know 40 years ago right. via the internet that you find someone's blogs, you fi- start following people, you join Facebook groups, you ask people in Barcelona, hey, I'm a woman traveling alone in my 50s, where do you suggest I should stay? Mm-hmm. And you'll get these answers. Uh, and, and support and people will say, oh, you know, stay in this area because the shopping is so good or, the, you know, you're close to the markets or whatever. And then and and then making I like staying when I sometimes travel alone. I love Airbnbs, but sometimes I like rather just stay in a hotel. So I forge a relationship with the staff mm-hmm. and they've been very helpful, especially in Lisbon. The concierge was 
every time I went out of my hotel room and down, down uh, to the lobby before I headed out, I'd stop and I'd talk to them and I said, this is what I'm thinking of doing. And they'd be like, yes, you can walk this way. And then you stop there for the, that bakery, you know, like that. So you always have somebody who uh, can guide you. And, and, uh, and I think when you stay someplace really secure and feels really good, that's the foundation for then exploring the city. And then find out about the, the, the free walking tours and I'm forgetting their names right now. They have the red umbrellas and um, gosh, I, it was, somebody had told me about it and it was invaluable. I, I, I went to almost every city I went to, I, I did a walking tour. And then once you do the free one, then you can sign up for other ones. And that was a great way to see a, a new city and then also to meet people. I would just say, jump in. And as long as you have a great place in a great neighborhood to stay, you're fine. You're fine. Very cool. Great advice. And I love the idea of Airbnbs because you're usually staying with somebody who lives there, who knows the area, right? Oh, and yeah. Yeah. That Although usually I've gotten ones that I haven't stayed with people, but that's an option too. Instead of the hotel and the concierge, mm -hmm. find an Airbnb where someone is living there who may want to Yep, support you. Kind of half be your host. I did that in Australia. I was actually brought to Australia for a conference, but I went a few days early and stayed later. And I stayed at an Airbnb and I had no idea, just landed straight from the US. And she like set me up with a bus schedule and the train schedule and how to get there to town go. and how to get where go. I wanted to go. And she, you know, she had it, she even had a little bus pass for me. It was perfect, perfect. right? Yeah. Right, right. And the other one is the hop on hop off buses that they mm -hmm. now have in every major city. Right. And I, I like to do those like my first day. Yes. So that I get a lay of the land. And then I know where I want to go back to. Exactly. They're really good. Like, you know, like the, the sampler platter of taste <laughs> this, taste that, see this, get a good overview. And, yes. and then you can go back and say, okay, now I really want to check out that museum or I really want to go to that park. Yes, it helps me get my bearings. It helps me just yes. geographically ground myself in a new town. That's what I have found now. And, um, and so then, then I can figure out where I want to go back to, either by walking or taking a bus or, and, or Ubers. And see, there's so much more now. Now we have Uber and Lyft right. and mm -hmm. all that in, in, um, in Europe. So if you don't want to be walking, you just get on one of those and it takes you. It's very easy now to travel alone. I think it, more it really so than is. when, yeah, yeah. It really is. And another great place to stay that I like is B&Bs, just straight bed and breakfast, because everybody generally comes to breakfast together. Sometimes you all sit at the same table. And so you can, again, have conversations. The hosts yes. are usually very friendly and helpful. Yes. Right, yes. I have a list of things to do right there for you. I did that in Ireland in a few places and it was nice. so lovely. It was so lovely. Because actually you meet a lot of people from Ireland. So, you know, you'll meet mm -hmm. people who are just getting away for the weekend or the right. week. And so you, you'll meet more locals in some ways. Yep, true. Yeah. True. Yeah. See, now you now I'm itching to go somewhere. You see, we're, we're I know, right? It's, like it's hard not chomping. to travel. Yes. Oh, so hard. Yes. All right. So um, we're coming to the end of our time together. This has been really, really fun. So Thank fun. You so much. And Thank before you, we go, is there any last little bit of wisdom or advice you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, 
Yeah, you know, don't let your fears overtake you. If there's, if you want to travel, do it, do it, do it, do it. And, and even if it is a a group tour or a a cruise line, well, we'll see what happens with the cruise ships down the road, but, Mm -hmm. but do it. And then, and that can break the ice for a lot of people, even though I'm not, I don't tend to be that kind of group sort of person, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on the group. I would do one of yours, Anne. (laughs) (laughs) We don't do cruise ships either. We do smaller boats. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, Yeah. your kind of group things. But um, I would just say, get yourself out there and then, and then you'll build that muscle. So you get used to doing, so you do a big trip with a lot of people and then you do a smaller trip with a few people and then you're Mm -hmm. feeling more confident to just go on your own. It's, I think it's just breaking that ice, breaking the unknown factor. I think that's perfect. I love the way you put that. It's, it's, it is building a muscle. It truly is. It's just like dipping your, your toes in that water and just taking that first step. And then it gets easier and easier. That's right. And that's what I tell all my coaching clients and my organizing clients, one box, one drawer, one shelf at a time, (laughs) (laughs) one trip, one, one journey at a time. So as we come to a close, Let's, uh, one, I want to ask you how you can relate what your business is of decluttering and helping people organize their homes, their spaces, to what you've learned in all of these travel experiences. Mm. I think the biggest thing is, is uh, just non-judgmental, not judging mm-hmm. my clients, not for the way that they're living, uh, whether they've chose it or it's unconscious, uh, just being with them and, and working with them towards their goals. Because uh, uh, certainly I walk into some homes and I'm, I'm, I'm really amazed that people do live in a messy, dirty situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, to just as I go to other countries to just accept like in Bali, you know, there they were, we were walking to a restaurant to go get some rose rose water ice cream. And there were some people slaughtering a pig in the middle of a street, you know, and I almost stepped in a puddle of blood. And I remember, um, you know, being shocked and, oh my God, they're sacrificing this pig in front of everybody. And then, and just understanding that the, that's what they do. You know, yeah. it's very yin yang, very life death right in your face there. And so, mm-hmm. It's just that acceptance of where people are in their life and their culture and their differences and their pains and their their willingness to heal and move to other levels. And so, uh, in fact, a lot of my clients comment that they say, you, I just never felt judged by you. And, and that's a really high compliment for me because uh, I don't, I don't judge them. That's why they're calling me in. They need my help. Right. They want to make that shift. They want to make that change. And so I know how to do that, get them going in that direction. And I think that really is, uh, yeah, that's from being that world citizen. I totally get that. Having been a world citizen, having lived outside the U.S. and been in situations like you described, that it does open your eyes and we instantly may cringe or be horrified. But then we realize we're we're the outsider here. Right. So by opening your mind and your heart and your awareness, I can see it has served you well in your business. So good for you. Thank you so much for sharing. That's just beautiful. 
Thank so, you, Ann. Let's tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. You want to give out your website? I'd love to. So uh, my website is organizing by Carrie. So it's www.organizing by Carrie and Carrie is spelled K-A-R-I.com. And that's nice. the best way they can email me directly through there. But I also have email kwish at vom.com. Vom stands for Valley of the Moon. I live in Sonoma, California, Valley of the Moon. Nice. So organizingbycarrie.com. Cool. And Carrie offers virtual and in-person personal coaching and support to clear your clutter and transform your life. And thank you so much for being with us today. It's been really fun hearing your stories and your adventures. And I loved our conversation. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Anne. You bet. All right, everybody. We will see you next time in another episode of Transformational Travel. Safe journeys, everyone. Thank you for traveling with us today. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Get more information at transformationaltravelpodcast.com.